This is the You Need to Know podcast, putting the spotlight on black businesses you need to know that are serving our community. Now, here's your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the You Need to Know podcast. I'm your host, Tommy B. We talk to interesting people uh, you should know in business, community, opinion leaders, influencers, and you can find our show on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, tune in and just look for the You Need to Know podcast. Also, go to castropolis.net. That's C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net. You'll find the podcast episodes along with other great podcasts. And we do stream those podcasts. You can check us out Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 at castropolis.net, and it's streaming 24-7. And man, I am I never thought I was I was roaming through LinkedIn one day and and lo and behold, deja vu <laughs> or, or saw someone from a from a former life, I I would like to say. Uh Professor, do I call you Professor David Allen? How how can I refer to you? On this show, you can call me Dave. That's what you would have always called me <laughs> every Monday. Every Monday, I guess. Every Monday, Dave Allen, um, <laughs> I, and I like to call him one of the architects behind the great station WUSL uh, call letters. You probably know it as Power ninety nine in Philadelphia, um, and and really over many years, uh, Dave oversaw the product side um, and and moved ultimately in, into the role, a greater role at Power ninety nine. Uh, but since he's moved on, how many years have you been in, in academia uh, now, Dave? Um, I got my Ph.D. in 2003. So um, that's when I went full time. Um, before that, I've been teaching adjunct, you know, one night a week for a couple of years. But that's when uh, that's when I, I, I transitioned over. Interesting. Yeah. And. Not only that, congrats to you on the PhD, Doctor of Philosophy, uh, MassCom, and and Media Studies, Temple University, and people ask me. Well, they will probably ask, "How do I know Dave?" Uh, you and I, uh, and, and and I guess we can say in another life, almost, um, we're on every Monday. We did a conference call with a, with a big consultant in America, Urban Radio. Uh, I guess we'll mention Don Kelly, the famous Don Kelly call. And and always, man, we always had really good conversations on the call, learned a lot. And, and really, that's how I got to know you. So, uh, you know, Dave, Dr. Professor Dave Allen, thank you so much for being on the Union Channel podcast, man. I appreciate you stopping through. Happy to be here. Shout out to Don Kelly. Shout out to Don. Shout out. Hey, uh <laughs> What got you interested in radio, man? Um, I, I don't think I've ever asked you that for as long as we've known each other. Um, how, how'd you get into radio? Well, I tell my students, uh, I bore my students um, periodically <laughs> um, on the first day of class with, um, I was at a um, small school in Richmond, Virginia, playing, not playing soccer, watching the other guys play soccer and not getting an A in history which was my major and <laughs> thought I was going to be this and um, <clears throat> parents said look you're either going to have to in a fraternity love the school shout out to Randolph Macon um, you're either going to have to get better grades or you're going to have to transfer um, I was a social chairman at my fraternity I didn't think the better grades was going to happen there so um, basically did what I tell people to do now went back to my room looked at the ceiling for a while and said okay what do you what do you like that you think people would pay you to do? And I was 
a big radio fan growing up, calling in on shows, winning tickets um, in D.C., uh, grew up in D.C. and born and raised and listening to jocks at night, having a great time. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, transferred to American University in D.C., graduated um, in broadcast journalism with some serious broadcast journalists like Derek McGinney from PBS and stuff like that. But I just wanted to be a dispatch. <laughs> um, and um, nobody, you know, graduated in May and sent out, in those days, thousands of tapes. Uh, nobody calling back. Uh, finally convinced um, program director in Oxford, Ohio, to, um, I think, either me, he didn't have a lot to do or I didn't have a lot to do, but he talked to me all the time and I said, come on, man, you got to offer me something. And he's like, I'll give you midnight to six on monday morning if you drive from dc to oxford i go i'll do it and he goes if you do it i'll give it to you and sure enough i drove there and he gave me midnight to six and it was seemed like the very next day um the overnight person quit wow so i got midnight to six every night and sort of worked my way into afternoon drive and then left there after a year and Went back to Ocean City, Maryland, did mornings, and ended up changing that station from a bad AC to a bad urban. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a no-brainer, though, because there was no, I mean, it was over, it was 13% black mm-hmm. in Ocean City and Salisbury, and, and only a black AM out of Salisbury. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was easy, but that's how I got started. And I only... I grew up on black music and black radio, huge go-go fan, um, listened to OL, AM, and OK100 in DC, Wow, um, which is all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of the foundation. So, of- so how'd you shift from, from the start, which, which sounds like a lot of how I started in the business as well, you know, getting a foot in the door, somebody quits and then, you know, an opportunity, you know, takes place and you take advantage of it to, to the legendary, how'd you go over to the legendary power 99 or was it legendary when you got there? Oh, it was, I mean, uh, Don Kelly and, um, and Jeff Wyatt signed that on and in 82, um, I used to drive up from ocean city and listen to it out of Dover. Mm. Um, and then Tony Gray was there, uh, Mike Jackson and Fred Bugs and, um, BJ in the morning, who's, um, who was incredible and Wendy B and, and lady B. And so, um, but I had, I went from ocean city, took that station from worst to first, which wasn't that big. It was one book a year and it was a spring book and it was pretty easy. And then I went to Richmond cause I wanted to go back. Um, thought I was going to do urban there. Um, Owner changed their mind, six months fired, went to K-94 in Norfolk. Um, brothers started fighting with each other. The brother that hired me, <laughs> was the, ben brothers. the other one threw him out and they wanted to change the station, but they, um, they fired me. And then that day, uh, Birch came in, if you remember Birch, and mm-hmm. we were number one in Birch. Yeah. So they had to keep the format, but they had already fired me. It was pretty ugly. And uh, Don... Um, Jeff Wyatt, actually, and Don, but mostly Jeff Wyatt, before he left, had told the general manager, Bruce Holberg, look, uh, you might want to talk to this kid sometime. Um, he really wants to work here. And um, sure enough, Bruce remembered that. Don said, you might want to talk to Dave. And I really came to here to be um, Tony Gray's 
assistant PD. Wow. Um, cause he was going to do, he's going to be PD and do nights mm-hmm. afternoons. And lo and behold, he had already planned on going to kiss. I think it didn't tell the station. So they ended up with just me. They weren't sure. Um, but they, um, I ended up replacing Tony Q, um, mm. at the uh, power. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Away we went. Man, you and I connected. Um, I started right around, let's say, the, the early, oh, I'm sorry, late 80s into the 90s. Uh, that's where we started. Um, where, where, where was radio then? If you had well, to give it, was, it a, uh, a, a description, if you had to describe where radio was in the 90s. Um, well, um, black radio was the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in any, in, in every, in, in every, in any town. Um, especially in Philadelphia, um, Power 99 and DAS ruled. Um, and shout out to, um, God rest his soul, the Butterball. But, mm-hmm. um, I, um, you know, it, best job ever, um, best place to be. Um, you know, I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, it, it started getting a little sketchy at the end of the 90s mm-hmm. yeah. um, but the beginning you know 80s and 90s certainly way before that which was, would have been butter's time but not my time mm-hmm. um was uh, it was everything is you know it's uh, where you found out you know your next favorite song yeah yeah it was big on discovery much more so you know than what we're seeing now um what do you, what do you think when, when you take a look um, you know, you started radio era, 70s, mid-70s or so, somewhere within that? Yeah, I graduated from college in 81, so in 81. I, I did part-time in, you know, 80, 81, 79, mm-hmm. but then uh, full-time. So you saw radio, you saw a couple of different eras of radio, probably post-disco, um, when mm-hmm. when the big urbans started to come around, uh, stations going from disco stations to urban stations. Uh, but after that, when you got into Philly, uh, had the success with power, um, where did you see the big change happen that really had a negative impact on radio? What would you say was the pivotal point? It was the iPod. I mean, I, I can remember the meeting. Um, I can remember a meeting. I can't remember the meeting mm-hmm. where somebody was had the, the iPod and said, this thing is never going to... Um, it's not going to hurt us. You know, you've got to work too much to put stuff on it. Um, people like you got to pay for it. Um, you know, radio's free and mobile and, and, you know, um, where are they going to know what songs to, to put on it and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I literally walked out of that room that day and said, life is about to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it did. It, it did more so not because of the iPod, but radio's reaction to to it, mm-hmm. and then radio's reaction to streaming. Um, television just did a better job of reacting to the fact that it really wasn't about the box anymore. It was really about what was on the box, mm-hmm. and they needed to be ready to deliver that on another platform other than a radio or a television set um, so what do you what do you think what mistakes were made what do you think where do you think radio made mistakes <clears throat> um i'm convinced well 
I know at Power 99, the No Rap Workday almost killed me when um, Q102 started coming after me. Mm-hmm. That was a huge. That was a huge mistake. But anyway, um, the the mistake was that um, the way we treated um, advertising. Um, first of all, we put bad commercials on the radio, mm-hmm. and we told the listeners that they were advertising was bad. You know, we let our disc jockeys say you know, commercial free and we'll be back after we pay some bills. And, you know, we didn't market it well. We ran too many commercials mm-hmm. and the ones we did run weren't good. And, um, you know, if you look at, you know, podcasting and that kind of stuff now, they're talking the same thing about podcasting is that the commercials, you know, they need to be live reads. They need to be relevant to the listener. They need to be entertaining. Um, they need to be short. Um, that hasn't changed. Um, and that, and, and all podcasters have to do is look back on, on what radio did and didn't do Mm -hmm. and see the mistakes that, um, potentially they could be making. So radio didn't really look at the overall experience. No, I mean, radio, you know, radio just looked at itself as, you know, you know, our listeners are, are going to listen to us no matter what we do. Mm, yeah. Um, and when there's alternatives to that, many alternatives to that, um, radio just became one possible way to, to get entertainment, to get audio entertainment, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is where they are now. And, and speaking uh, of, yeah, speaking of that, like where we are now, um, where are we now? Well, I think that, um, it's um, it's clear that that companies like Liberty Media and stuff like that are going to have multiple audio. So they'll have Sirius and they'll have Pandora. They have a lot of iHeart's debt. Maybe they'll pick up radio. Um, and then they'll just say, okay, you know, listener, what what do you want? And where do you want it to come to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and radio will be one of those options. Radio is not going away. Um, you know, everybody said that once you can get stuff in your car, radio was dead. Radio is not dead. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of radio listeners are are getting older and dying. Mm-hmm. And the, the, a new a new market of listeners is not coming up to mm-hmm. replace them. Yeah, um, because radio is not giving them a real compelling reason to pick it over other alternatives. Yeah, um, you know. So, so you came, know. you came from the era of even though we went through the phase of more music, less talk. Uh, you still came from a pretty big personality uh, generation where you, you had morning shows or local morning shows like the, you know, you, you were there when Carter and Sanborn, Carter and Sanborn, um, in Philly, a legendary show, um, or I mentioned, uh, golden boy at night. So do you think it'll ever get back to that personality driven? I think it has to, I I don't think it's about the music anymore. I think it's, um, it's about the personality. And I think that's, that will bring, that could bring, um, the younger demographic back to radio. You can't be, there's too many places to get music. It's going to have to have personalities that, um, that, that listeners want to listen to 
that then can play music mm-hmm. that have um, that has greater relevance because they're playing it, not just because it's getting played on that radio station. I really think that um, you know if you look at what younger demographics are doing, you know they're you know they're they're watching influencers on YouTube and they're um, you know they they see some funny bit that's been put to music mm-hmm. um mashups and all that kind of stuff well radio could be that yeah. um it but it's going to have to invest in itself and um i'm not entirely sure it's going to do that um good, yeah. you know good point good point so so let me ask you question as an educator um how do you, how do you prepare or how do you look at when you look at the current generation, next generation, the media landscape? How are you? How, do you think uh, academia is preparing the next generation with, let's say, practice versus theory? You come from a pretty practice-heavy background. I mean, you were in the midst of some some pretty heavy battles. Great experience. Uh, do you think academia is doing a good job? Preparing. Uh people to get into radio or to get into media in general uh, the, the with the new landscape with digital including radio yeah i mean i um i don't think that you know i don't talk to anybody about doing anything mm-hmm. you know if you if you have to do something mm-hmm. you need to do it um and so i don't you know i don't um i try to talk less and less about myself mm-hmm. in class now because i'm I'm starting to bore myself, not just like you. <laughs> so I, I, um, you know, but, you know, occasionally, you know, I started a little radio station. Uh, you know, I have a station here um, on TuneIn that I started for the students just for them to play with. Mm-hmm. And um, occasionally I get, you know, we're going to start doing some play-by-play for sports. And, you know, I get, you know, I had a kid last week emailing me going, hey, I want to get into talk radio. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how to get into talk radio. So I had a um, put him in touch with some people that are working in talk radio. Cause I don't know how you would break into radio these days. Yeah. Um, so that, that I think that, um, we're trying to, I'm trying to, at least I teach a course called music marketing, which is music. And, mm-hmm. um, I used to teach business and recorded music, which I'm totally unqualified to teach. So I found an entertainment lawyer to teach it because <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is that it's hard to explain to people that, you know, when you're doing you know the the record labels yeah. um, were you know partners on a good day but adversaries on a bad day where they're trying to get us to play stuff that we don't want to play mm-hmm. um and so um although i respected them more than they they ever knew it's hard to teach that but the music and chorus is like look so you want music is very important yes you really need it to be part of your life. Um, yes. Okay. Let's figure out what you can use music with. So music and for me, yeah, advertising and, you know, um, uh, retail or that kind of stuff. Okay. That's not it. How about health? How about politics? Mm-hmm. How about, and then I try to connect them with a bigger picture because, Students um, think very linear coming out of high school. I can mm-hmm. take math and I take history and I'm going to go teach 
high school. Yeah. Um, and they get here and they go, okay, it's a wide open world. You're, you know, we're kind of like this big, you know, you know, we're like a big blue apron where you're trying to put things together and create a dish uh, that no one's created before that other people um, will want. And um, so try to tie things together that, you know, if you can't sing and you can't dance, you can't play an instrument, you can still be in music. And um, my daughter, my middle daughter is a prime example. She works for a company called Fame House here in Philly. Mm -hmm. They're owned by Universal Records. They do swag stores for artists. Um, they have M&M and that kind of stuff. She manages about 30 stores, uh, virtual stores that are actually in Detroit. Wow. Um, and they have Taylor Swift and, um, and she loves it. And, you know, she's, you know, she's hearing about the latest releases because the releases usually come with swag. Um, and so she knows things before anyone else. She owns for, oh, she works for a record company, but she's still too shy to ask for tickets. <laughs> um, to shows, but she'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so I think um, preparing them for having music in their life, I think um, I think I do a good job at it. Um, good. Good. But I'm putting someone in radio. I've you know I've sort of tried. You know, Colby used to work for me, and now he's the big honcho at Radio One. And mm. you know, I I one of the board op job. I was like, Colby, do you still have board ops? He's like. Of course, we still have board ops. And I was like, can you, can you give the kid a board op job? He goes, I guess. I go, he goes, it's not he's like it was a graduating senior. He goes, you know, it's not like a career. Yeah. I go, I know. But he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's got to get in the radio station and look around. Yeah. But anyway, it didn't happen. But um, I don't know um, how, you know, I, I think that uh, podcasting shows people that, um, at a grassroots level, anyone can have a microphone mm -hmm. um, and put it out there. Yeah. The, the good thing is that the, the good thing is that any, anybody can do it. The bad thing is that anybody can do it, and <laughs> that you're competing with everybody. You know, it's like yeah. same thing with artists. Like, oh, you don't need record labels anymore. You can just you can just put your little song out there and you can sell it, and you know nobody's going to buy it, but maybe it'll get you some shows. And um, the marketing is really you know. Uh, self-serving to me i guess but marketing is really the key yeah, to yourself enough. and to music now it's you know w what are you saying and who are you saying it to and what's um compelling about you yeah that um they can't get from anyone else um and and then just go for it you um, know we we were joking about uh the fact that when we got into the business we were editing with tape, you know, the, the, uh, the tape and, and the razor blade, <laughs> you know, the physical tape. And now everything's digital. But the beauty of the digital is the fact that people can develop their own body of work. And it's a mm -hmm. lot cheaper, you know, mm -hmm. if you consider compare the cost of having or being able to do or produce a show 20 years ago, you can now do it in your bedroom. So body of work matters, do you think, for, for students in terms of what they can develop on their own while they're in school? Yeah, we've got a record label, record label here, too, but we, um, I didn't have a money for a recording studio. And the thing was that I didn't really, we're just a distribution label. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, we're on CD Baby, we were on TuneCore. Tune um, 
but they were doing they were using pro tools and their mac machines in their in their dorm room so they really yeah. didn't need wow. me i mean they were going to do some big production sure you know um there are schools that have it drexel has a recording um major and even montgomery county community college which is in our county here has beautiful state-of-the-art studios and the, the boards with all the slide pots and all that kind of stuff but these kids are are doing this in their room mm. um, it's not the greatest quality in the world but then it's being listened to on not the greatest quality in the world mm-hmm. vehicle yeah you know yeah. you know little white ipods the ipods with white headphones or phones yeah just yeah just, yeah, just iphones yeah yeah that was crap so you know it's like you know crap in crap out kind of thing it was fine mm-hmm. um and then if they you know then if they get discovered you know whatever that means now they can go in you know they can redo it and make it look make it sound pretty and all that kind of stuff so um you know it's really you know the next thing is you got to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um you have to have an entrepreneurial spirit um and just decide, you know, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just do this. I'm gonna figure it out, um, and I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna, if it works, I'm gonna do it some more. Yeah. Um, and and so, whether or not it can sustain you, we'll see. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Know, well, you know, I tell my kids too. I go, you know, do you know, do this all? You know, life changes when you get married and you have kids, and people depend on you for food. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and a roof um do it while you're single that that you know a a couch in a house mm-hmm. is actually some place to live mm-hmm. um and you know because the, when it it has to sustain you that's when um it becomes an issue yeah sure um, enough then that's when that that's when it goes from a career to a hobby and that's what i always tell my students i go you know if you it's a hobby when you need a career um mm. so you better make it a career before that um good point and, and good. some of them do it some of them don't it's just you know if you gotta have it you gotta have it what you know i there was nobody that was going to tell me in 78 that i was not going to be at this job mm. um and i you know even when i transferred the school, school that i was transferred to was twice as much as the old one i was like what should i do i was like Oh, I'll go. I started setting up for a disc jockey, a mobile disc jockey company. I started setting up the equipment. And then I was like, wow, I can do that. And then I just bought my own equipment. And then I started doing it myself. And I was awful. But <laughs> um, you can be awful at weddings. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, in, in high schools, you just can't be awful in a club. So, True enough. True enough. So, what, what's the future, man? If, um, you know, considering where you've been, where you are now, what do, what do you see the future being for, for, I guess, you know, you and I came out of radio, but, but even radio has become audio. Uh, so what, what's just, what's the future of, of the industry? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, and I've written some papers on this and I've delivered this to conferences. It really now is about audio and video. Um, really, um, you, you, Radio shouldn't be calling itself radio. And I had this conversation with somebody who's still in radio. Go stop using the word radio and um, call yourself audio. Um, and he was like, no, we're radio. This is what we are. And, and I backed off that a little bit because that is their category of audio. So they're just going to have to make radio um, cool again. 
mm-hmm. um, and and video. But I, I really think that um, I really think that personality matters. Um, I think that um, you have to create what, if you're delivering audio or delivering video. Um, you gotta get them hooked at the very beginning, uh, um, and and then let them go. You you can't think they're going to be there forever. Attention spans are small for audio and video now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that my kids at least will show that they'll sit down and binge Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. um, they'll binge. They'll binge audio mm-hmm. um, if if you give them compelling audio um, to listen to Um, it's weird because you know we talked about this too but um, I uh, my kids um, listen to Power 99 um, Mm. and I get in their car because I I jockey their cars and keep them on the road and (laughs) they always have Power 99 on there or they're listening to um, Sirius XM um, hip hop or the heat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them went through the, the top 40 stage, mm-hmm. uh, alternative rock stage when they were in high school. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they were riding around, you know, whenever I used to get protested about playing, you know, Compton music or, you know, <laughs> or that kind of stuff. They were like, will you listen, let your children listen to this. I'm like, <laughs> what do you think is on in my car <laughs> when I'm riding around with them in the backseat of the car seat? I'm like, of course I do. And, and I, so maybe that's in them that they're doing that. So they're there and they don't do it for me clearly. Um, yeah. that, um, cause I actually turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I, I, I've moved past that. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you got to give them a reason to, you got to give them a reason, people a reason to do something. Yeah. It's got to be a, a real attention getting thing that leads to a benefit, um, that leads to someone wanting to come back for more of that attention getting thing. And, um, it would help radio, um, to look at, um, how, you know, Netflix is doing it and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they, they should have someone go back in and come from that, those companies and saying, okay, you know, uh, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to do for you what I did for them mm-hmm. because it's just ears and, and not eyes. Um, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to see how it's going to work. Um, Make it compelling. Podcasting, compelling podcasting yeah. Has done that. yeah. So, Agreed. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more compelling. Uh, it, it, it's become, um, it, it's, it's brought it back to storytelling which, uh, you know, is, is where all the big jocks, the big talent came out of, you know, uh, personality. So good, good stuff. Dave, uh, thank you, man, so much for being on the show. Uh, Professor David Allen, St. Joseph's. Uh, it's funny hearing uh, or being able to say Professor Dave, <laughs> Dr. David Allen. Uh, the interesting thing before I close out the show um, that I always knew about uh, Dave was the fact that uh, he was always able to get the leaks first. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing, in my office here, I have a CD from Warner Brothers Records for Prince. uh, uh, Nobody really, nobody ever figured out how I got those. The king of the cease and desist. 
day. I know, I know, I know. That was that, that was the best. That was uh, that was so much fun. Um, it was absolutely. Can you even do that anymore? I mean, it it, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? Uh, you know, nobody knows who's first. There's so many options. So, but but yeah, king king of the leaks, Dave Allen. Yeah, there we go. Hey, but thank you, Dave, uh, for taking time, man, on the You Need to Know podcast. And of course, um, you can check us out. Uh, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Tune in. You can check us out. Just uh, look for You Need to Know podcast. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow us at You Need to Know Podcast. Also, we stream on castropolis.net. Remember to listen, subscribe, and share us. Dave Allen, thank you again, man. We got to stay in touch. How do people, by the way, how do people contact you, Dave? Or do you uh, want them to? Probably, <laughs> probably the best way is through uh, St. Joe's. So it's D-A-L-L-A-N-D-A-U-N-E-D-A. Good deal. Um, I, I put my cell phone on my syllabi, so... My students call me and text me all the time. Excellent. Well, keep up the great work, man, and and uh, you know continue to continue to spread the word about the business and, and keeping the business relevant. It's good. It's good that people like you exist. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the You Need to Know podcast, putting the spotlight on black businesses you need to know that are serving our community. Subscribe by going to castropolis.net. That's castropolis.net. Also, search You Need to Know podcast on SoundCloud. Interested in becoming a spotlight business on the You Need to Know podcast? Click on the Spotlight My Business link at the podcast page. Thanks for listening.